Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude our discussion on biblical decision-making. We, as Christians, believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We believe Scripture is applicable to all areas of the Christian life, including the way we make day-to-day decisions. However, many Christians struggle determining the will of God in their lives. Let's continue with our study as Pastor Jim discusses biblical decision-making in today's slice of the message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 3. When somebody says, God spoke to me, understand, the reason I say close your mouth and take a deep breath, you, it's completely fruitless to argue with somebody's experiences. If they think God told them something and you argue with them about it, what are they going to think of you? They're going to think you're anti-God. All right? So don't argue with what they heard. What you can do after the music quits playing and you've taken a deep breath, take what that person believes that God said and help them compare it with the Scripture, which you know God said. So this is something to, to be very careful about. Some of, the, some of the most dangerous people in the world are people who say that God told them to do things. A lot of people who take out um, automatic weapons and start shooting people say that God told them to do that, all right? You, you just can't argue with the experience, but you can bring it under the authority of Scripture. Uh, Colossians 2.18, I'll just bring this one verse to bear here. Paul says, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting, and then he gives a bunch of spiritual things that were going on in, in uh, Colossae, by delighting in self-abasement thinking that they're super spiritual because they treat their bodies very poorly. Or uh, the worship of angels. Some people think that angels talk to them or they see angels or they hear angels. That's another thing. Um, Or taking his stand on visions he has seen. Or let me adapt that and include taking their stand on things they say God told them verbally. Here's the description of all of those things. Inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. The way you know that God speaks to you is when you humbly put yourself under the authority of his word, and then you know that God is speaking to you. Or you can handle this the way our friend Justin Peters puts it. He says, and I have the t-shirt to this effect, want to hear God speak to you? Read your Bible. Want to hear God speak audibly? Read it out loud. He is exactly right. Here's another one that gets twisted. Inner peace. Anybody here not like inner peace? I I, kind of like it, you know, being, being at peace, being comfortable with something. Well, the question is, is a sense of inner peace prescribed in Scripture as a basis for making godly decisions? Some people will tell you yes that you, you know, pray and, um, and with um, 
um, prayer and, and even fasting. You, you make, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Or they even talk about having peace, about finding the dot. You know, let, the, let that rule, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Well, is that the basis for making godly decisions? I think the answers are pretty clear. No. Um, Jonah must have had great peace about his decision to rebel against God and run away. He had so much peace, he slept soundly in the bottom of a ship in the midst of a deadly storm. That guy had inner peace nailed. Okay? Peace is promised to you when you are faced with anxiety, Philippians 4, and you turn to God in fervent prayer with fervent thanksgiving, peace with God Peace with God is promised when you end your war against Him by turning to, God, to Him in faith, putting your trust in the, in the finished work of Jesus Christ for salvation. But the idea that every important decision is going to be accompanied by this wonderful sense of peace, that just doesn't fit reality, and it's certainly not in Scripture. I can tell you from over 50 years of walking with Christ, over 40 years of serving His people, many of the most important and productive decisions that I've been a part of that were for the greatest spiritual good of the most people are not made in a soothing bath of inner peace. They're forged on the anvil of serious Bible study, ongoing prayer, sometimes interrupted sleep, having to face difficult problems and sometimes only after hammering it out with several competing, differing views about what to do. Now, I will say this, if you lack peace because your conscience convicts you about something, we'll pay attention. I mean, if you are troubled by what you perceive as great risk or danger to go down a certain path, well, investigate it thoroughly, get good advice, keep praying, but, but don't violate your conscience. But I'll also say, don't make your decisions based solely on what makes you feel at peace. I know myself fairly well, not as well as God does, but I do know myself pretty well, and I know that if inner peace was the main criterion for decision-making, God's will for my life would involve an endless series of naps and quiet times on vacation. That's when I really have inner peace. I'll tell you, living where the Apostle Paul lived with the the daily care of the churches, there's very little inner peace in that. Not in the day-to-day things. Affliction may be more valuable than so-called inner peace for the eternal glory of God. Because that's a sign that you're walking with the Lord if you're being afflicted for the gospel. All right, here's another one. Beware of isolation. This comes more in the form of a temptation. It's tempting if you're fascinated with the idea of doing something. It's tempting to isolate yourself from good counsel and pursue only what you're interested in and what you hope to hear 
or what you want to be true, isn't it? I mean, if you're just, if you're just really interested in the next model of Maserati, you know, how much time are you going to spend looking at their website versus talking to your financial planner? Okay? Is it a sin to own a Maserati? I, I, I doubt it. It's outside of the opportunities of open doors that God has given me. But, you see, God gives people to the church to help the church. Elders, pastors, teachers, wise friends, for the purpose of helping us all collectively mature in Christ-likeness. And we, in our generations, we are blessed to have the heritage of almost 2,000 years not only having God's finished Word, but also the collective wisdom of gifted men from God. Make use of those resources. But people can get fascinated with something and go off and spend a whole lot of time on it and isolate themselves from somebody who would say, "Um, wait a second, there's a flaw in that. So don't isolate yourself, surround yourself. Maybe something sounds like a really good opportunity, but only if you will move to a new location. Could that be a, a decision that God would have you to make? Yes, it could. You'll have to make some decision about it, at least the binary yes or no. Well, does it matter to you or how much does it matter to you if there's a good church where you would have to go? Um, maybe something sounds like a great new insight and you can't wait to check it out. I get asked, almost never does a month go by that I don't get asked by somebody about a book. Hey, have you read this? This is, this is really interesting. This guy has some really good insights here. And I, I know, or, you know, often I'll already know, or I'll go check it out and I'll find out that, you know, the guy is a, a full-blown scripture twister. Yeah, there's some fascinating things there, but it's all built on a faulty foundation. There's so much good stuff to read. Don't read the silly stuff, and don't be afraid to ask. I will never make you feel bad if you say, should I read this, this book? I mean, this, this, guy, this guy Osteen, he, he really communicates well. Yeah, well, yeah, he does, but that does not make him right. So don't isolate yourself. Ask for help and wisdom from people more mature than yourself when you're making big decisions. All right, need I even mention dreams? People think that God speaks to them in dreams. Well, it happened in the Bible. Yes, there are a few very, very rare occurrences in which God has made something known in a dream. And it is crystal clear, very obviously, the work of God. Your dreams are not revelatory. I describe it this way. Dreams are like your brain going out to play at recess. And it takes with it a hodgepodge of playthings from all of your experiences and all of your memories. And dreams can be very vivid. I've had some just, I mean, just this week, very vivid dreams. You, you, ever, you ever wake up from a dream all excited about something that didn't happen? Or... I've had dreams where I have done something awful and I wake up feeling miserable and, I, and in this overwhelming need to repent and then I realize 
I didn't do that. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.